The information provided in this podcast episode is for education and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional and should not be considered or used as clinical or professional consultation. With that said, here is a taste of what you will get in today's episode. We really have to think about that, Black people. We really got to think about the fact that we need to see each other and not act like we don't see each other because you know that you see me and I know that I see you. So why are you trying to act like we don't see each other? Girl, get it together, sir. Get it together. Remember that it is important to be seen. Now keep listening to today's episode because there are some cultural jewels that I am dropping on y'all. And of course, thank you so much for your support. Enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Walk a Day in My Culture. This is a podcast where I help you increase your cultural awareness by simply talking to you about the daily experiences I have as a Black woman. Now listen, you know what I say. I believe that by you all hearing my experiences, you can hypothetically walk a day in my culture, which helps you to literally walk on the path of increasing your cultural awareness. And if you happen to be a Black listener, hey boo, I hope you feel validated and seen as you listen to this episode. And this particular episode, y'all, is specifically focusing on my people, Black folks. And I am so excited that I am dedicating this episode specifically to us, tailored to us, talking to us, and about us. And anybody that feels left out, then... Listen, I oh well, I'm sorry. I, that's the only way I could say it. I don't know what to tell you. My podcast is geared towards my experience as a black woman, thus meaning that it is geared towards the black population. So there will be more times than not that I will be focusing on just my people. And that is okay. I will not apologize for that because not enough people focus on just us and everybody else is focusing on them and all the other folks and all the other cultures and all the other races. And so we're going to do the same right here today on this podcast. But if you're not black, you're more than welcome to hang around because as I say in all of my episodes and I focus, focus, focus on black people is you know a black person in some capacity in your life, whether you work with them, you marry to them, you dating them, they in-laws, they friends, they your neighbors, you know a black person. So you might as well stick around. And if you want to further your cultural knowledge, just a little plug, you can attend my online workshop on July 23rd from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The details will be in the show notes. So with all of that said, let's get into today's episode, which is entitled Dear Black People. Today's episode is inspired by an experience that I've been encountering um, on some level more times than I would like to. 
Um, but again, I'm going to still kind of keep this on a positive, encouraging note, so to speak, while I also keep it real. Um, I ain't going to hold y'all long today because y'all know I'm working on things being short, sweet, and to the point because, listen, I be having stuff to do. I be having little children to serve and, you know, life life be going with a three-year-old and a, a nine-month-old. So if y'all hear, hear some, some ruckus in the background, you know what's happening. Listen, it's real life. I ain't editing out no real life experiences. Anyway, I am done rambling. <laughs> Let's get right into the episode. So the first point I want to make is, dear Black people, please speak to one another. Speak to one another. So many times I have been in places um, and black folks will just not speak. And that was the first thing that made me be like, you know what? I need to do an episode and really just talk to black folks and, and just really talk about the fact that y'all really don't be out here trying to speak to one another. And the kicker is <laughs> that I've been in situations where black folks will act just like they don't see me. And then they make it a point to speak to somebody else that's not black. And it ain't nothing wrong with like being friendly um, to everyone. But when you ignore your own folks, you done assimilated to almost a detrimental point. Um, and I really started thinking about this like hard and like, maybe I need to really make like for real, sit down and make an episode. A couple of months ago, I was at the park and it was this black mom. She was, um, having a conversation with another parent who was not black, you know, which, you know, whatever, that's what happens at the park. And she didn't even acknowledge me. Like I was there for a minute. We had walked up and, you know, typically (laughs) when people have manners, it really is kind of like, oh, hey, how are you? And then maybe you go back to having your conversation. But it's typically an acknowledgement, especially at the park when other parents have their kids there playing. But child, she she didn't even acknowledge me. And as time went by, I saw other folks come up to the park that wasn't black. And she she made it a point to acknowledge the other parents. And initially I was like, well, maybe this is a coincidence, but this has happened more times than not. And for me, it can easily be a situation where you can be like, well, did I have a vibe or, you know, did I bring something to the table? But when you just walking up to the park, when all you doing and got your child and children out the car, we walking on up to the park. And we go proceed to play where your black child is playing. You don't even say hello. But then here come a white mom or an Asian mom or a Latina mom. And they just came up with the same vibe. They just got their kids out the car, walked up to the park to proceed to play. And you was like, hey, how you doing? Girl, as a black mother, this is particularly hurtful, if I'm being super honest. Um, And it's also concerning because if you dismiss your own people like that, there's a lot to kind of be said again about how much you are assimilating to this this culture here um, in America where we are. Um, to the point where it's kind of detrimental, like you forgetting who you are. And so when I encounter these situations, yes, it's hurtful, but I also 
have to really think about Dr. Joy DeGroy's book, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome. And in the very beginning of the book, like she really hits you with the importance of acknowledging each other and saying, I see you. She talks about her experience in Africa and she kind of reflected back. I ain't gonna spoil it for you guys, but it was a situation that happened that made her reflect back on her time in Africa where it was a lot of, I see you happening. Like when people, when African people acknowledged her, um, when African people acknowledged each other, it was always literally saying, I see you. And so we really have to think about that black people. We really got to think about the fact that we need to see each other and not act like we don't see each other because you know that you see me and I know that I see you. So why are you trying to act like we don't see each other? Girl, get it together, sir. Get it together. Remember that it is important to be seen. And, and this goes beyond the park for anybody just thinking that this is a little playground vibe. You know, I've been in situations where it's like really, really white. <laughs> such as Walnut Creek, for those of y'all who are not familiar with the Bay Area, where I'm at, um, Walnut Creek is one of the surrounding cities. And sometimes I'll go out there to do a little bit of shopping. And listen, I don't like to go out there a lot, but sometimes I need to go out there and get what I need instead of driving super far somewhere else. I just need to drive a good 10, 15 minutes get what I need to get and come back to my more diverse town. But I'll be in situations where it'll be maybe a store clerk or um, just another black person shopping and child, it still be the same thing. Like, I don't want to make eye contact. I don't want to see you. I'm just going to sit here and, you know, be around these white folks. And it's just like, mm -mm, black people, remember that it is important to be seen. It's important for you to be seen by me. And it's important for me to be seen by you. And it's important for us to see each other. Okay? Don't assimilate to the point where it's detrimental, boo. Next point. Dear Black people, get your knowledge up by your own people. So what do I mean by that? Regardless of where you like to increase your knowledge, because little do we know I mean, we might know, but some of us might not think that we increase in our knowledge. We are filling ourselves with knowledge all the time, right? Like a lot of times we are in the day and age where knowledge is just at our fingertips. So you might as well do so using people that look like you, okay? From your YouTube subscriptions and who you be following to your Instagram feed or Facebook feed, or is it TikTok feed? Listen, child, I don't know. I'm getting a little old. But whatever feeds you in on the social media world, you need to be really trying to make sure that you are getting your knowledge, having your feed filled with people that look like you, um, even down to books that you are reading, podcasts that you are listening to. You need to find your knowledge from the perspective of blackness, right? Um, yes, there's a lot of good content out there that are by other people who are not black. I'm not saying that, but... What I am saying is we have to be really, really careful with this spirit that we have of settling for others because um, that's just kind of what shows up. And that's just, you know, quite frankly, sometimes what's popular and easily populated. 
Um, and it's a little bit of work to find our people, you know, and so we can't be like, oh, well, it's just quote unquote hard to find somebody that's black that represents this. No, you got to do the work. You got to ask the right people and you got to cross reference until you find somebody that look like you. Okay. I have stumbled up on some wonderful pages from some people um, just because I follow them and they also black and look like me. Like, shout out to my cousin girl. You know, I got more than one. And so I ain't trying to, you know, outcast nobody, but you know who you is, girl. I found that podcast on your page. Um, and it was all about black moms. And I was like, see, this, this is why you got to have the right folks that look like you with the melanin in your feed, because then they be doing the research, trying to find somebody that look like them. And then we can just all share the wealth. And then I shared it with my other cousin. Hey, boo girl, if you listening, cause you know, we both mamas. And so it's just like, listen, let's just share the wealth. And it has been such a pleasure to listen to that podcast And I have been looking for a podcast that was specific to black mothers. And it was like searching for a needle in the haystack to find one that really resonated with me. And I did. And so listen, get your knowledge by your own people, your YouTube feeds, like the people that you follow, even if you just like to mindlessly do stuff on YouTube, still find people that look like you, right? People that are doing vlogs that are black, people that are doing business practices and helping you know how to build your business that are black. Um, Just make sure that you're following people that look like you because you can get knowledge again from a black perspective. Um, And even down to books. Another thing, what I mean by saying ask the right people is you just have to know who to ask and who to talk to. I was looking for a book on discipline as far as my toddler is concerned. Because listen, I love my child, but she is, she's strong-willed. And it's been some years uh, since I have like worked with preschool little, little, littles. And so, you know, the quick hitters of the you know, timeouts and reward systems. Like those are cool, but I wanted something a little bit more in depth on like gentle parenting, but also setting limits and boundaries so that I can set her up right for this world who's gonna probably judge her just for the simple fact that she black. And I just wanted to make sure that I was finding some right information. And it was really hard for me to find a parenting book that was geared towards black parents written by a black author. And so, you know, y'all know I'm tapped into black psychology and I, um, asked, um, this, this, um, I guess we can call her an elder. She's like my elder, but she ain't old. Um, but if she's my elder, so to speak, if that makes sense. And, you know, I forgot, like, she got a plethora of knowledge of black authors. And I just happened to go to one of her trainings and she had ran down this list of books really quickly, but I have her number. And so I texted her and I was like, can you tell me the name of that book? And I was able to talk with her and be like, child, listen, I need an easy read because I got a three-year-old and a nine-month-old and like, it's going to take me 50 years to read a book. So it needs to be interesting. It needs to be easy. And she was able to like, let me know which of the books that she was recommending I should start with. Got the book off of Amazon. And let me tell you, that book, that book is complete fire 
for anybody, and that's a good thing, by the way, for people that's not familiar with that term. Um, it is fire for anybody that's parenting. And it goes from the parents' stuff as far as childhood all the way up through, I think, the teenage years. It is such a good book. But again, that came from asking the right person who was black, who looked like me, who was a mother, been there, done that, been raised her child, who's grown. And it was just really, really helpful information. So again, I'm going to say it again. Make sure that you get in your knowledge by our own people, by black people, whatever grasp your attention knowledge wise. Just try your best to make sure that the source is black, right? Whether you like to read fiction novels or self-help books or watch YouTube videos or regular, you know, more academic books, podcasts. Again, just get your source from a black person. And I know for anybody thinking I'm not being racist or prejudiced, that this is being smart, okay, in the black community, because we are overly saturated with whiteness and others besides ourselves. And we have to start saturating ourselves with ourselves. Because if we don't, we will become assimilated to the point of no return because we are filling our cup with beliefs about ourselves that are from others who don't know us at all. So get your knowledge up by your own people. My next point, point number three, dear black people, advocate for yourself. I cannot say this enough. Just you got to advocate for yourself. I know this is an exhausting tip because we have to continuously fight and advocate and name, nope, that ain't right, that ain't how it's gonna be done, I ain't doing that, no thank you. But you have to continue to fight to get the things that you need. Now, I am naturally somebody that's gonna advocate for myself. Like, I listen, I'm always trying to advocate, name, I don't like this, this ain't how it's supposed to be. Like, that's just my personality. But what I have noticed And that's another reason I kind of put this point here for parents that are listening, our guardians that are listening, our people who are caretakers that are listening. I noticed that I do a lot more advocating now that I have kids than what I already did naturally. Y'all know my little blessing of joy number one is in preschool. And I don't know how that happened, but um, it happened. And, you know, I'm dealing with it because she has to grow up and she has to be around other people besides me. And she over there living her best life, by the way, just for the record. Like, Faith is living her best preschool life. She'd be like, bye. And I'm like, girl, she'd be like, bye. And just coming home with her little stories. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Y'all know she in preschool. So I am always asking questions and making sure that the teacher knows I ain't playing about communicating with me about my baby. Ain't nobody playing them games and I need you to know I ain't go play them games. And when she come home and she tell me something, I make sure I go right on up there and I be like, so what's going on with such and such and such? And I don't do it in a nasty way, but I also don't do it in a timid way. Like, ooh, is it okay to ask this question? No, I, I want to know. And I had a moment where I had to kind of name to her because she was seeming like she didn't want nobody asking her no questions. And I had to kind of be like, just for the record, I like to communicate and I need to know what's going on. And since then, we ain't had no problems. And I don't foresee us having any problems. Now, it's still early on. Um, 
but so far so good. And I just think it's important for us to advocate for our children, the children that are in our lives, even if you are not a birth parent, if you got kids in your life that you care after, or if you are a caretaker for an elderly person, it's really important for you to advocate for them and make it known that this is how things are supposed to be. And I see that this is not how it's going. And do we need to take different action? And it doesn't make you a nag. It doesn't make you nitpicky. And I think a lot of times as black people, we feel like, well, ooh, I don't want to rock the boat. Um, but you need to rock the boat because they, they don't really view us the way that we should be viewed. And a lot of times things are overlooked with us on so many different levels. That's one reason that the um, black maternity and infant mortality rate is so high for us because people don't pay attention to us. So make sure that you advocate for yourself. Um, it was another situation where I was taking my um, oldest to you know one of these little classes a few months ago and something happened where I ended up needing to talk to the director. It had nothing to do with the classes. But since I had her on the phone, I made it a point to let her know that I wouldn't be returning to one of the classes um, that I was going to. And and I told her because I needed them to drop me from the class because they have a wait list. And I didn't want nobody else to not be able to take the class if I knew I wasn't going back. And she asked me, like, why, you know, if, if it was okay to ask why I didn't want to go to the class, they wanted to take feedback. And the reason I didn't want to go to the class is because it was primarily um, a Latina population and not because of that, but because I was the only non-Spanish speaking parent in that class. And, and you know, I'm trying to be politically correct, but no, I was the only black parent in that class. Everybody else spoke Spanish and they weren't trying to interact with me. And I knew and could tell some of the women actually could speak Spanish and they were choosing not to. And it was a moment where a woman was trying to interact with me and then another mom came up to her and started speaking in Spanish and almost blocked me and her being able to get to kind of know each other and talk while our kids play. And then I was just kind of left not interacting. Faith wasn't quite able to interact too much with the other moms. And I was like, child, bye, screw this. I don't have to come and attend this type of thing. I will find something else. And so when she asked me, um, I told her, I don't know if you really want to know, but if you do, I'll let you know. And she really was open and she wanted to hear. Mind you, I think she's either Afro-Latina or just Latina. I couldn't tell and I can't tell, but she's not black um, or she's not 100% black. Um, if that, you know, puts it in perspective for you guys. And so I say that and I bring up her race to say she was able to kind of take in my feedback. And we had a lengthy conversation um, about what they've been trying to do with the center. She didn't know anything about my role, what I do outside of being a mom. Um, and she just kept asking some ideas. And we, we talked for like 15, 20 minutes Turns out towards the end of the conversation, she was so thankful. She really appreciated me giving her the insight because I broke down like what she need to do culturally. I'm like, you need to hire some black folks that are in the process of reaching out to the community. Um, and at the end of the call, I kind of let her know what it is that I do. Um, and it turned into her hiring a black community resource specialist. And now there's another black employee that's going to be teaching classes. 
Um, and then it just randomly happened that I linked up and was able to, um, towards the end of the month, provide a, a training for them um, for another sector, so to speak, not necessarily for them, but it linked up to another organization. But all I'm saying is you have to advocate, right? Not just for your kids or who el- who whoever else is in your life, but you got to advocate for yourself too. Because while I was talking to her about not um, feeling comfortable and, and also wanted my daughter to have representation, I also named, it was not comfortable for me. And so just make sure that you name your needs, you look for what you want and you expect and demand what you know you are deserving of. Um, so that, you know, I can go on and on about advocating for yourself, how I had to advocate for myself when I was pregnant with Faith um, to get the, the right type of um, treatment to get Kaiser to pay for some things. But we'll be here all day. So I'm going to just leave it at you need to advocate advocate and advocate. Okay. Advocate for yourself. So we're going to get ready to take a break, but when I come back, we'll spend some time, um, on another point that I feel needs so much attention. Y'all probably is, are able to kind of guess what point I'm going to land on and kind of hang my hat, but I'll let your mind wander during this commercial break. So you know what I say, go get you some water, get you a snack, go to the bathroom, Whatever you do, make sure you get yourself comfortable so that you can come back and enjoy the rest of the show. Um, And we can kind of close with our final point and kind of end there for today's episode. I shall be right back. All right, I am back. So this final point, I'm gonna hang my head here just for a little bit. Um, is dear black people, take care of yourself. I'm going to say it again. Dear black people, please take care of yourself. This is something that we hear often. Y'all know we hear it. We hear it all the time. Like, and we, we hear it, we hear it, we hear it. And sometimes we preach it, we preach it, we preach it. But we don't truly take heed to it. And myself included. Listen, when I'm talking to y'all in this little section of the podcast, I am definitely talking to myself because we need to do a better job of taking care of ourselves. And I often talk about the importance of black women not taking on this superwoman or strong woman image that is floating around. But the truth be told, that is just as important as our black men needing to do the same. Like black men, y'all need to take care of yourself too. Cause I do have some men that are listeners. Um, a majority of my listeners are female, but there are a good handful of y'all who are men and y'all need to do the same thing and do a good job of taking care of yourself. As black people, we have to understand the impact of stress and overworking ourselves. It not only affects black women and black men, thus it affects the entire black community. Because think about it, if our black men and black women are heavily affected by the stress that we hold and by us often overworking in so many areas, then so are our children. Our children are also just as affected because we are the keepers of our kids. So we got to really remember in the Black community that heart attacks are real, strokes are real, 
illness and the development of sickness is real. So we really must slow down and take things off our plate or we are gonna die. Like, I hate to say it like that, but that's just what is gonna happen because we are like overdoing it. And so we just need to take a moment to take a deep breath and like just (sighs) exhale. Because if we don't, we are gonna for real be a dying, dying like community. And I think it's really important when thinking about taking care of yourself, I think the first thing we have to do is we have to unlearn the things we witnessed growing up and the things that we were taught, right? And so for a lot of us, yeah, your mom worked a whole bunch of jobs. Um, A lot of us, we had single moms. And so it was really out of necessity that our moms overworked, worked really hard, um, was doing a whole bunch of stuff here and there, taking care of everything. Um, but this is not a habit that you should adopt, right? Like for those who had moms who did that um, and you watched your mom do a whole bunch of stuff, yeah, she is strong for doing it. Like she should be commended for doing it. And a part of that should be admired. But that is not to say that you now as a married woman or a single woman, regardless of your your marital status should be striving to do all these things by yourself and not asking nobody for help lies okay like you need to ask for help you need to not try to do it all and if for no other reason your kids are watching you if you are a parent um they're watching to see how you are taking care of yourself so if you always going 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 and doing a whole 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 bunch of stuff and never taking a break then they gonna do that and they not gonna learn to take care of themselves and again this is not just for birth parents a lot of us in the black community have children paying attention to us whether it's a niece a cousin a nephew the neighborhood kid your best friend kid the kin folks that ain't blood folk but they still your folk kids you gotta pay attention that the children are watching okay and even for the black men like yeah you might have saw your dad or your granddad or the father figure work two or three jobs to provide for his family never taking a break working through fatigue and exhaustion but again like some of that is to be admired but like even if you have to work super super hard like you should still take a break. Like that's for everybody, right? Like you should still take a break and tone down. And we really have to think about the fact that our bodies and minds are not built to operate the way that they operate today in 2022. Like really think about it. Like you might have been witnessing these overworked and overstressed black folks in your lives in 1992 which is very different than 2022 like that's a 30 year difference 30 years ago things was so different so even if you have the mindset like well they did it they cool that was 30 years ago though sis that was 30 years ago brother like at some point 
things back then literally turned off, like literally phones turned off, pagers turned off. At some point, most of us turned the TV off, right? It wasn't all of this instant gratification, instant answers to questions that you might have, instant ways of communicating with people. It was not this instantaneous vibe that we are living in in 2022. And so, yeah, they might've been stressed and overworked, but they still were able to turn off, right? Like if you called the phone back in the day and I didn't have a call waiting, I would have never known that you called until you called and finally got me on the phone and was like, oh yeah, I called earlier, but the line was busy, right? If I needed to know how to spell something or spell a word, like I'm going to straight date myself, but if I needed to know how to spell a word, you know, I picked up the dictionary, not Google, right? Um, and, and I wasn't sidetracked from simply looking up a word to spell, right? You look up how to spell something on your phone now and you got text messages coming through. If you got Instagram notifications on your phone, that's coming through. And then you think about, oh, you know what? Let me look this up or let me see what time this store closed. And then you just, you spending 20 minutes on your phone when you really just needed two seconds to know how to spell a word, Right. So yes, our parents, our loved ones, they worked hard. They were multi-stressed back then. But again, our justification of saying that they did it and they were fine or they survived is inaccurate because they actually were able to turn off all the noise. And I think the next thing we have to do is be intentional about turning off our noise. Like sometimes leave your phone at home, like for real. It's okay. No, like who who's going to die if they don't get a hold of you? And I know we hear this all the time, but it's so freeing sometimes to just leave your phone at home. Sometimes I do this real intentional. If I'm like with the husband and the two kids, sometimes I'm like I'm not going back upstairs to go and get that phone. Like I'm I got my whole family right here with me and he got his phone. So if God forbid something happened, we just need one phone, right? And I can just sit and chill and enjoy the ride. You know, put your phone on silent or put it in another room. Um, Don't always be available to people. Like, I know that might sound stank, but nobody needs to have access to you all the time. Like, if it's a serious emergency, whoever is trying to reach you, they need to call 911. Because at the end of the day, what are you going to do for them? And I hope this don't bust your bubble. But the truth is, like, seriously, if it's an emergency, what you going to do for them? But tell them to call 911. It's nothing that you can do for them. So don't be available to people all the time. And I think another thing piggybacking on that is avoid being a sounding board for people all the time. Like, avoid always calling people back right away or responding to a text message or an email within a few minutes. Like people can wait. It ain't gonna kill nobody for somebody to wait. Like they waited in the 90s when you didn't have a call waiting or when they paged you and you had to decipher what the code was and then call them back. Like people can wait. They did it in the 90s, they can do it now because your health and your mental health, it can't wait, okay? We are living in times right now when people are just dropping dead for no reason, because we are living in a world that is toxic and stressful. And black folks carry the brunt of that because we be having all kind of underlying conditions that we don't be taking care of because we don't take care of ourselves because society be trying to overwork us, underpay us and stress us out. And not today. Nope. Your mental health and your health depends on it. And so again, remember health problems and stress are correlated. So do yourself a favor and take care of you, boo. You cannot pour 
from an empty cup. All right, y'all. Okay, that is it for today's episode. I am done with my little cultural rant and talking to my people. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it because listen, black people, I'm talking to you, okay? Um, your cultural tidbit is this, the two black historians. And so we are still in our little book. And so we are on black abolitionists. And so those two people today are Maria W. Stewart. She was born in 1803 and she died in 1879. And then we have William L. Steele. He was born in 1821 and he died in 1902. So those are your two black abolitionists for this episode. Don't forget to check out my online store, Bloom Into Your Best Self, which you can browse and find something that works for you at none other than www.bloomintoyourbestself.com. That is where you guys can get my cultural workbooks, my notebooks, my online trainings can be found there. And speaking of online trainings, you can register for my workshop on my website. Um, and it's a small workshop, so space is really limited because I really want to keep it intimate so we can dive in. But basically, this workshop is going to be based off of my cultural workbook. I'm going to be going over some key points from the first section in my workbook. And that section is all about the importance of self-reflection when embarking on this cultural journey of cultural awareness and sensitivity. That is like the first thing that you need to be able to do is self-reflect or you ain't going to make no traction. Um, so sign up, go to the tab on my website, which is um, labeled register for a workshop or training. And there you'll find the link to register for this workshop. It's really, really short. Like I said, in the beginning of the episode, it's on July 23rd, which is a Saturday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So go get your ticket um, and then I hope to see you there. Also on my website, y'all know you can do my um, or check out my newsletter. If you haven't already, you can find it on my website. If it's not on the site yet, again, my website developer is formatting it and placing it on there for me. Um, But you can catch up on all the other months and just check back a couple of days later for the current month if it's not available. All right, y'all, let me know what y'all thought about today's episode. You can DM me on Instagram at Bloom Into Your Best Self or you can email me, or you can leave me a review. I prefer reviews because when you leave a review, it really helps people find my podcast. And so together, we can help people be more culturally aware one episode at a time, one listen at a time. All right, that is it for today. Until the next time we chat, I really hope that you do something that will help you bloom into your best self. And I am so excited to have you come back and join me real soon so that you can walk another day in my culture.